let's descend the podcast into a bit of chaos. More chaos. More chaos. That electric moment when a ball hits the back of the net. Unbelievable game. Two great teams going at it. Compared to the other three beside him, he just looks like the new cafe or something. We are making a documentary about how shit our club is. <laughs> VR is bullshit. Who is the biggest cheater in football tonight? Harry Kane, by the fucking dude. Hello and welcome to the Football Babble. Um, we are back uh, during the World Cup. It has kicked off. Uh, myself, people, Steve, Patrick and Brent are here tonight. Uh, we're going to chat about, uh, obviously just before we get into the World Cup, we're going to chat about Ronaldo and Ranchis United have parted ways. What a uh, calamitous time that was. Uh, we're going to mention about some of the issues, some of the horrific issues going on around the World Cup, not involving the football with the armband and different things like that and also the mad stadium attendances. Clearly, someone at Man City is doing the stadium announcements and tenses uh, at the World Cup. And then myself, uh, Patrick and Brenton are going to look back on some of the games so far and who stood out. <clears throat> As we're recording this, France are currently beating Australia 2-1. They were 1-0 down. There's already been a big shock in the World Cup uh, today, which we'll get into Argentina and Saudi Arabia later. But um, yes, before we start on the World Cup, Steve, while I have you, um, Ronaldo leaving. You're glad that's all over. Yeah, good news, I think, for, for all involved. I mean, for him too, like, he clearly was very unhappy at the club. Um, I think a lot of questions have to be asked about the people advising him. Like, who's, like, what sort of PR firm is, in, is, is advising anyone to go on with Piers Morgan? Like, you know, um, it's just all very... It was all like to be honest. It was always going to end this way. Like he should never have come back to the club. The question marks over stuff that had happened, obviously, in his personal life. Um, and then on the field, it became clear pretty quickly that while last season he was still able to grab goals, it was at the detriment to the the whole team. And and this year he's not scoring the goals. Um, and when he does play, it completely reshapes how United are are going about their business to a detrimental effect and. I think we'll probably see a bit of that in the... Well, I won't, but other people will see a bit of that in the World Cup in the coming weeks, that he's just not a player. Like he, It's one of those sad things where someone who was at the top of their game for so long, it's very rarely a gradual decline, tends to be fall off a cliff, and that's what I think we're seeing with Ronaldo. So I think, look, be interesting to see what terms of departure has, because... You know, United still owe them quite a bit of money. Um, United seemed fairly confident during the week that he had breached his contract, um, and that he he was he was it was potentially even a sackable offence. So maybe they agreed that look, let's just get this done now. You won't get any more money from us, and we won't look for a transfer fee from you when you can find a new club in in January. Um, but I think it's. Yeah, go back to what I said at the start. It's 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 best for all involved, I think. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone can argue really. Like it's it's come to such a it was coming towards such a sore end even before the Pierce Morgan interview. Um but as soon as that came out there was no way he was ever coming back and it hasn't worked. It 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 when it's signed, I know obviously I know you Steve, you weren't uh chuffed with him coming back. Um 
but certainly a lot of United a lot of United fan base were, and they thought this was going to be it. There's a lot of hyperbole around it, um, especially from some of his well, but not mates anymore. He's he's took a swing at all of them on the way out. Uh, but all other like pundits in the media that are actually United players thinking this is it. We're going to go back. We're going to challenge for all the major trophies again, and it just didn't work out. Now that isn't just solely on Ronaldo because. Certainly last year, United weren't good enough to, to challenge for anything. But under Ten Hag, there's been notable uh, improvements. But I think um, I, I, the biggest winner here actually is, is Eric Ten Hag. I think, uh, and as a Liverpool fan, it's disappointing <laughs> that it's looking like he's doing it so well. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, that's, and that's a compliment. Um, it's looking like he's really took in charge of that, taking charge of that uh, club now, of the playing staff. And it wasn't working. The Even the Spurs... Um, where he refused to come on, that should have been it, really. And it looks like that possibly was it for him and, and Ronaldo. Um, he did play a game, but I think the, the relationship had completely cracked. But, yeah, I think it's a, it's a good thing for both sides. Uh, more for Sophie United. I, I don't know what Ronaldo will do now. Um, he's a free agent. He can go wherever he wants. There are rumours, possibly for the large one in this podcast, he could head to Chelsea no. as he just comes off the microphone there. Yeah, I have a funny feeling he's going to end up at Real Madrid for the remainder of the season. Because uh, Benzema's injury is a wee bit worse than people thought, and I just have a funny mm. feeling. Um, his uh, his uh, his his other daddy, Florentino, um, <laughs> will put a little get a little message involved and say, "Come back, Cristiano," uh, which would be nice. I... Turns up with Anfield and we dump him out of the Champions League, which would be even nicer. Or he turns around Anfield and scores a hat trick, and I end up wrecking the place. It'll be one or the other. Um, but yeah, I think that's a possibility too. I don't think he'll end up in MLS. I'm not going to get into it because I don't have him speak legal counsel, but I don't think he'll end up in MLS. Um, <laughs> uh, so it is, he'll stay somewhere. I think he'll want to stay around Champions League. So be interesting to see where he goes next. Brenton, just because I want to get Steve's thoughts and Patrick as well, I want to get Steve's thoughts too on the potential Glazers looking new buyers. But Brenton, Chelsea, Ronaldo, I mean, five or six years ago, you'd have been absolutely buzzing. Um, mm. Now, not so much. I'm glad he came back to United, like he came back to the Premier League first, if you know what I mean. So that, you know, as Steve was talking about it there, we could actually see the the decline happening in close quarters um, because there's there's no way, like the only reason, and I would like to think they're smart enough not to do it, the only reason that the American owners would want them is obviously for the short sales, the publicity, the, although I don't know how well that would go down in America, but again, um, I'll I'll not go into that too much. Um, <laughs> the yeah, it's it's it would be so so stupid. Um, Chelsea are in a very similar position to United, where they don't really have a striker that's getting twenty plus goals a season, and that's what they're struggling for. And you know, you can see there that it doesn't work with Ronaldo at United. It's you know as good as he may have been in the past at getting at goal getting uh, even sort of in the later stages of his career um when he when he moved inside um it's just not worth having him in the team because you don't get anything outside of him so um i would really i know there's initial reports but um i think you're right to think the um the most likely scenario is he ends up back in madrid um but i was just going to quickly ask Steve as well i know we're we're tight for time tonight but um, what like what do you think, Ronaldo? Like, what do you think his best case scenario was when he was, you know, going to do this interview? 
what, what did he want out of it the most? Is this the result? Did he want to just get out of his contract and leave in January? It, the, I think doing the interview would make you think that that's what he wanted. But the content in the interview, of the interview almost made it sound as if he wanted to solve the earth to make United fans doubt Ten Hag, to make United fans doubt the club. Like you're absolutely, because of the other news that's kind of come out this evening about the Glazers entertaining offers uh, for people, there's absolutely going to be some fucking big brain, 1000 IQ opinion piece that's going to say Ronaldo forced this move from the Glazers. Um, and it's, to me, it's, it's Ronaldo has never been about improving the lot of anyone but Ronaldo. That's it's only ever been about him. It's only ever been about the 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 brand CR seven. Um, so for me, I think he, yeah, I think you have to think that he knew what was going to happen with the by deciding to do this interview. Particularly, like again, I go back to who he decided to do this interview with. wasn't with a sports journalist. Uh, it wasn't even with someone like widely liked he he knew who he must have known or his advisors must have known like the reaction to 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 giving this exclusive interview to Piers Morgan you know when you would have thought that maybe someone like Gary Lineker or maybe someone on Sky would have would have probably been better from a sporting point of view I think Dred is is interesting I was looking it up there before we came on air in terms of potential landing spots and odds and Madrid are actually like long shots to, to, to land them. I think they're 16 to one or something with uh, Sporting Lisbon being top and Chelsea next. I, I think with you, I, uh, Brendan, I, I I don't think Chelsea will fall into that trap. I think, yeah, they've, they've seen the product on the pitch and like, if if Todd Booty has had a, ever had a conversation with Graham Potter, he's going to know that Ronaldo <laughs> is not going to fit that that system. Um, That's debatable. Well, they, they may never have had a conversation. So there you go. Yeah, um, it would it would hasten my prediction that Potter will get sacked before the end of the season. Maybe if if, <laughs> if it does end up. I saw a couple of people linking him with Arsenal, and I think that would just from a place. Yeah, just from a hilarity point of view, that would be excellent. I think. Um, but again, I think Arteta is too smart a manager to uh, to 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 uh, put what do you get from Ronaldo that you're not already getting from that team? I don't think because you're not getting the twenty goal a season striker anymore. That's not what you're getting with Ronaldo. You're getting someone that might get you ten. Well, with half a season, he might get you a six or eight. But he's going to cost you in terms of build up and in terms of style of play and things like that. Like. Yeah, for obvious reasons, the MLS is is out, but that would have felt like a natural home. You got to think it's going to be potentially Isle of Money um, if it's not Madrid. Um, so someone say Bayern Munich are crying out for 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 someone like him, but I don't I don't see it either. Like a really like a lot of these clubs, they're not stupid. They they and they like they know each other. Like the executives know each other, and they talk to each other like it, nobody nobody can go into a, like a deal with Ronaldo Nebler who brings more trouble than, than they bring you know good side um, so uh, like I won't be stunned if he ends up in a, one of the top five leagues but I expect a, a massive money offer will come in from somewhere else kind of make him the star of a league somewhere and 
that might be it for Ronaldo. Um, he's just not at a Champions League level anymore. Um, so I, I don't see one of the contenders there going for it. And anyone who tell like I heard a lot of talk pre World Cup about, you know, his it's Ronaldo's commitment, it's Ronaldo's drive that made him the player he is, and that's great. Like Tom Brady is still as committed and as driven at forty two as he was when he was at twenty four. But he's not the NFL player he is anymore, and you're seeing that in the NFL this year. Like these people, these sports people, especially those people who look after their body, do all the right things, and have absolute self belief and determination, they're the ones who fall off a cliff the fastest because they are making up for so much of what they lack physically and technically with determination. That as soon as the physical stuff starts falling, there's just it's it's built on a foundation of quicksand, and you just can't go on anymore. Um, so look, good luck to him. I, I'm sorry that United brought him back because I think my my memories of you know, of of Ronaldo with United would be a lot fonder. Um, just in a purely footballing sense, if he'd never come back, then then, then it's like don't go back to an ex. It's a simple rule in life, and and it's one that stands in football as well. Paddy, what do you make of the whole Ronaldo situation being over and also then potentially, as I guess Steve's been in this, United getting new owners? I think it's worked out quite well for United. Um, you know, they, they don't want him. Ten Hag doesn't want him. He's more hassle than he's worth. Um, Ten Hag's come out of this looking like a strong character, like he's dealt with this well, um, you know, by punishing his disobedience and you know the lack of team spirit and stuff he showed so Ten Hag looks good I think ultimately it's better for United because he's a, he's a rotten apple all over the show you know he's such an egotistical narcissistic person that it's as Steve was saying it's always about Ronaldo it's never about the team um, I've mentioned on this pod before that the times I've seen him live is gesticulating his body language at his teammates is absolutely disgusting and he, the two games I've seen him live he won both those games but his behaviour is deplorable Like, and he, he wants to win I absolutely get that the way he treats his teammates is absolute shit um, I, as to where he's going to end up the list just keeps getting smaller and smaller I still think he could do a job in many places but why would anyone take the risk in terms of paying massive wages and then potentially upsetting a, a dressing room? Um, I think, I know you were kind of touching on the fact that he, I think I'm just going to say allegedly, because I think you get away with everything if you say allegedly, he allegedly you know, sexually assaulted or, or raped some girl in Las Vegas um, and paid her hush money. I, I still think he could still go to America though. Um, like He's not going to take money to play in the Middle East in front of nobody. Um, I think if he's not going to Sporting Lisbon and none of the big European clubs want him, which I don't think they will, I can see him pitching up in LA, you know, Miami, New York, kind of doing what Zlatan did, being the face of the league, especially with America hosting the North or North America hosting the next World Cup. You know, it might be a coup for them to uh, boost the profile of the league and, and the sport in the country. So it might be a move that, that could attract them. Um so, yeah, in terms of United, in terms of the, the ownership, uh, it's an interesting development there that, that Steve mentioned. So we'll just have to see. You know, they're, they're one of the biggest, if not the biggest, kind of sports franchise around. So it's going to it's gonna be someone. It's not going to be some uh, somebody who owns a car dealership. Like, it's going to be ridiculous kind of money. Um, so, yeah, we'll just have to see. It's, it's interesting times for both Liverpool and, 
and Man United to see kind of what the next six months might hold in terms of in terms of change of ownership. Yeah, maybe on the, the sorry about maybe the Glazers the Glazers could buy Liverpool and um, <laughs> they could just swab around. No, I take no it. I, I take that up. <laughs> I'd rather drink Batjas and live through my dad's funeral. Um, I think a um, couple of points, Paddy, before we, we the point on Ronaldo going to America. Don't know if it's going to be our last podcast or not. Possibly, if it is, um, what a way to go out. But you have a point on possibly going there because there is strong rumours Lionel Messi's going to go there next. Uh, Luis Suarez is going to go there from National after this World Cup to Inter Miami, I think. Then you'll obviously have this for Ronaldo, and you're right, they're going to be hosting uh, the next World Cup. So there's going to be a push for them to certainly get a lot of people on board, and and they can't get out and out superstars right now, but they can get a certainly aging ones um, into their league. Look, look, yeah. Gareth Bale just won it um, with uh, LAFC, so. That is certainly something that is to keep an eye on, and, and I do think you have a point there. There's only three and a half years away, and there are going to be it's going to be super yeah. PR mode now after this World Cup, especially with and we're going to talk about it in a minute uh, how this World Cup's going. And somebody pointed out the other day, which I think, and we will talk about this in a minute, reverse sport washing, because you've seen Qatar is just starting to complain now because everyone's talking about how shite they do things, and well, it's their own fault. But then the new ownership, sorry to keep it here with United, me and Steve talked about it before we came on. And this isn't me having a dig, but unfortunately, I don't see anything other than oil money unless there's like a rich, another rich American hedge fund that that can come in. But what do you think, Stephen? Well, the only the only non kind of it's it's exactly we could have just replay the conversation we had about Liverpool. Yeah, um, I think Jim Ratcliffe is potentially somewhere, and I yes. know he said right. that the he thinks that all. Premier League clubs are overvalued, and I don't think he. I like I, I just seen someone tweet there. You're looking probably at four billion to buy United. Um, kind of sounds like it could only be oil money. Um, but yeah, it's it's not going to be good. Like the thing is, like United, I see loads of United fans are are like are celebrating it. But you know, the thing is, it's just going to be someone else who's probably going to see the 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 club as a cash cow. Um. Unless it is Jim Ratcliffe, because he has been a United fan since he was a kid or whatever. So, um, I think the one thing I would say is that both United and Liverpool are looking to sell, and the fact that they're, they're both owned by Americans would make me believe that all these rumours that maybe the Super League could be resurfaced, they obviously don't see a future in the Super League, because if they did, they wouldn't be getting out, because that was literally a licence to print money. Um, so I think I think that's that's one thing to come to come out of all of this is is is, is that that's clearly now gone and 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 done for for good. Um, but yeah, it just weird time, like because obviously we weren't expecting Chelsea to be sold until everything that happened with Russia. Um, and now United and Liverpool are for sale, and the fact that they potentially up for sale at the same time, I don't know whether that will. Add to the value of both or devalue both. It'll, it's it, it it will be interesting, but um, yeah, it's it's uh, I look these these some of these conversations like it, it it's difficult because it's you're dealing in you know money that like none of us will, <laughs> will ever see in our lifetime, but it feels like 
if you buy a club like United for say four or five billion pounds or, or dollars or whatever the case may be, like if you've spent that much to buy them, like how can you afford transfers and, and, and the wages that you might need to compete? So unless it's oil money and if it is oil money exactly as phil said uh, a couple of weeks ago that's me doing i think i can't you know not watching this world cup because i don't want to be a hypocrite and i'm not going to support an, an oil state uh because I, i'm not going to be a hypocrite i'll be sad I'll, I'll miss having like something to hold on to like because there's something there's something kind of uh, i've never had this before as as a united fan this this rebuild thing um and it's been it's actually kind of enjoyable and in some ways it's more enjoyable than like constant success because you you go into every game potentially losing to a team like Aston Villa or potentially beating a team like Arsenal and you don't know what you're going to get and that's a little bit more interesting as a as a as a sports fan so I miss that but like I just can't couldn't couldn't get behind the team that was owned by a, a an oil state not after everything that we've we've spoken about before. It's almost um, as if both Liverpool and United went, holy good fuck, look at how much money was spent to buy Chelsea. And they're bigger global clubs than, both of those are bigger global clubs than Chelsea. Um, and it's, it's as if they went, like, let's cash in now while, while the going's good. Um, yeah. And, you know, <clears throat> as you say, about the the oil money and um you know different uh, states etc um but there was a lot of like and and for chelsea you, you saw the amount of bidders that were in for that like obviously there was um bids that were never going to be taken seriously but um you know even the serious ones like the process took a while because um you know they had to had to legitimately go through or go through every legitimate bid and there was you know even i don't know how serious jim ratcliffe's bid for chelsea was but um he was even in the mix there and there was several um american hedge fund um type bids um that weren't you know um oil states so you know There's hope yet, is what I'm saying for for both Liverpool United, and I, I would like to think if you know the powers that be could that they would try and avoid that because um, we've seen fan reactions from both of those clubs in recent years, um, and I don't think it would go down particularly well. As uh, like I don't think it will go down like it went down at Newcastle. I'll just put it that way. Hmm. No, I think I... even bringing Newcastle up, there's a good point. Like Newcastle's emergence is taking is ultimately going to take a Champions League spot away. So like. You know these these owners at um, United and Liverpool. You know seven into four. You know doesn't go, and if they're not qualifying for Champions League regularly, you know the value of the club might diminish. So maybe now is a, t- a good time to to sell, especially if Chelsea have really set the the, the going rate. That's a really fair point, actually, because yeah, it's just getting harder and harder to be a regular Champions League team, especially. When you consider City have one of those spots wrapped up every year, so it's it's really six into three. Um, so that's yeah, that's that's. I think you're right. I think there's a lot of reasons why now is the right time. But I absolutely guarantee tomorrow you will wake up and you will read Ronaldo forced Blazers to sell United. That's, someone is going to write it. They absolutely are. Probably Paul Galvin again. Um, yeah, in, interesting. Like uh. I don't know what's going to happen with with either clubs. Um, 
could be a very interesting six months at the end of the season, especially if both of them are going for trophies or uh, Champions League spots and then both of them trying to get sold to potential bidders as well. It could be uh, quite messy, but um, would just be another bow on the, the storyline of Liverpool United that they're then fighting over potential new oil owners, uh, which would just be class um, for everyone involved. Um, the World Cup, uh, it's kicked off. Uh, Stephen and also we must mention him, cousin Mud, uh, commendable, not watching it. I will have a lot of respect. I would like I wouldn't say pride because I don't. I couldn't say I'd be proud of either of you. It would make me quite sick to say that. But I'm not only joking. I'm very proud of both of you for not watching it. I wasn't going to watch it, but um, just have caved in and I've caved in in, in a selfish way. And it, I don't really feel like I need to justify, it, but it, I just want to anyway. Like. Just uh, it's probably too much, but things have been a wee bit tough. Just obviously with everything that went on, just just a wee bit lately, and, and the World Cup then has been a really good release. The football now, the what's gone on outside the football has been far from it, but the football has, and and uh, even Finn, I started to watch it too, which has been nice. And we're doing a wall chart and all together, and I tried to rip it in multiple occasions, but thankfully he hasn't. But yeah, that's why I'm watching, and, and I have enjoyed some of the football, but away from it and that's why Steve's still with us tonight. Um the 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 armband and the not wearing of the armband. I mean it was Steve, it was sort of like a when it was first pitched it, it was like a oh brilliant, you're wearing an armband, thanks, but it was like it's not gonna do anything. And and now because it hasn't been worn, it's now taken on an even bigger significance and it's completely backfired. And and not backfired isn't the right word, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I get, and the thing is, right, Like, let's look at this from the start, right? So they announced this, that they're going to wear this armband, but it wasn't going to be the rainbow armband. It wasn't even going to be the rainbow symbol of pride. It wasn't going to be the, the symbol that we all know of the LGBTQI plus community. It was going to be this bastardized version that they did just so it would be palatable to the, the organizers and to the host nation. And they did a lot of backpacking or backpatting about that um, among themselves, and you know, largely. And I was anyone kind of who follows me on Twitter. I apologize, but I was I was I was tweeting a lot about this yesterday morning because, like, those symbols, like, they don't really mean anything. They're in a large part, they're an empty gesture. They're a sign that look. You know, we are allies. We we support your. You know, we we will defend you and and stand up for your rights and things like that. And that's what they're supposed to mean. But they actually really don't because, as we saw, the second they were challenged, like I don't think I'd finished reading the statement that they were potentially going to not wear them before it was confirmed they weren't going to wear them. Like they pulled out so quickly. And the thing is, right, players take bookings for stupid shit all the time, right? Players take bookings for showing their kid's name on a T-shirt or for showing a brand name on a T-shirt. They take bookings for, um, you know, cynical fouls. They take bookings for diving. They, like, bookings happen. It's part of football, right? You cannot tell me that FIFA would have legitimately allowed seven of the biggest nation's captains to miss the third group game by booking them in all the games. It would just not have happened. It wouldn't have happened. And the fact, though, that they couldn't do this, and I see people saying, oh, you can't blame the players, you can't blame the FAs, this is FIFA's. FIFA actually accidentally, the law of unintended consequences, 
for once allowed this symbol to actually be meaningful, to actually stand for something. And they back down. The players back down. The FA is back down. And like, I, again, I, I, I've written about this loads, right? Because I think people, people are nostalgic for protest, right? You see people post that picture of the three guys at the Olympics making the black pair salute, right? See that all the time. You see people praising Muhammad Ali all the time for not going to Vietnam and giving up his world titles and going to jail and things like that, right? But they like them in the past. They're more comfortable with them when they talk about these things in the past tense. But protests are supposed to be discomforting. Protests are supposed to make people uncomfortable. They're supposed to have consequences. That's the whole point of them. The taking an anything lost, lost all power. Like I was in Wemby. I was in Wemby when all the teams decided to take a knee in solidarity with Colin Kaepernick and with solidarity with the black community. It was corporate sanctioned bullshit and it lost all the power of what Colin Kaepernick and Ed Reed did. It lost all of that. Like Colin Kaepernick had lost his job. Colin Kaepernick should be still a starting quarterback in the NFL, but he lost his job for something he believes in, something he was willing to support, something he was willing to do. And you've got the likes of Harry Kane and others who won't even take a booking like and don't, don't tell me like like this argument that they're footballers they're there to play the world cup they're there to win the world cup they're all happy to do advertising around it they're all happy to do media interviews and further their brand around it like your job as a footballer is not just what you do on the pitch it's all the stuff around it and like Rob O'Hanrahan from uh, Virgin Media TV um, tweeted it the other day and he said like when you see just how quickly allies fold in football why would any footballer come out? Why would any professional footballer come out in the Premier League when they see what the English team and the English FA? And it's not just them; it's the other, the other teams as well. Like, it, it it's just so disheartening. It's just so so disheartening. Um, and to me, it just like I'm I'm all for respecting people's beliefs and respecting people's culture, but that stops the second the second someone's human rights are violated by those beliefs and those, those cultures. That's not a culture. That's not a belief system. That's just wrong and it's intolerant and it shouldn't be accepted. And it's just disgusting. Um, like I've, I've, I've friends in the LGBTQI plus community and like, they're just so disheartened. They're disheartened by the world Cup being awarded to Qatar in the first place. And even more so that the tiny, tiny semblance of stand the teams could have made for that community the second even the smallest smallest punishment was mentioned they backed down that's not allyship that's not defending the lgbtqi plus community it's just corporate bullshit and it's it's just such a shame but look it i don't i haven't seen a second of the football so i can't tell you whether it's taken away from what's happened on the pitch but i'm just it, it just reinforced why i i'm i'm glad i took the decision not to not to kind of watch watch the games or because i i, I just find all that so hard to swallow and like, again i'm never going to stop any i'm never going to criticize anyone for watching it because it's the world cup it, like it's killing me like that there's four games of football on a day featuring some of the best players in the world and i can't watch it but that's i just wouldn't i wouldn't be comfortable doing it i wouldn't feel happy doing it so um but again that's just me and I'm I'm a straight middle class white man. Imagine if you're a migrant worker in Qatar and you're seeing all this. Imagine you're a gay person in Qatar and you're seeing all this or anywhere. It must be really, really grim. And, and that's just sad because that's not what the World Cup is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be a celebration of football and that just all feels like it's further and further away every single day. That's why I said um, at, at the start where it, uh, somebody coined it, it's this World Cup is 
it has had the, it's like a reverse sport washing because ten years ago when um Qatar bought the World Cup, nobody everyone was sort of phony outraged if you know what I mean. But uh, mostly the Americans were outraged because they didn't win it and 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 I knew. But um, <laughs> everyone was sort of phony. But then they're like, oh, we're going to Qatar. It's a small place. Blah blah. They're tiny nation. And within ten years, everyone's like, fuck Qatar. Even people that you know, like myself, that are watching it, you're just like, absolutely fuck Qatar. Um, yeah. and, and what's been going on, and, and just the the like John Sopal, uh, on his did a clip of him talking about it last night, and and he was mentioning how of quite a prominent um government official, uh, in Qatar involved, obviously with the World Cup, uh, has been sort of making it known that he's not happy that the World Cup's going. He's just like, why are we doing this? We're getting no thanks for it. Everybody hates this sort of thing. Like we spent two hundred twenty billion on it. And it's not working, and that actually was quite nice to hear because obviously, thing like as I said, I'm watching for the football and um, the stuff's going around. It's just um, it's just horrendous. But um, that was brilliant, Steve. On that, um, I don't know if the two lads want on their opinions on it too. Uh, Paddy, do you want to jump in there? Sorry. Yeah, like I thought, Steve has put it so eloquently. There, I agree with absolutely every word he said there. Um. It's just frustrating. It's like, you know, he's mentioned about, you know, <laughs> players pick, take silly yellow cards, but, and they do. Like, they could have done something else around this, you know, they could have just fucking sacked up and just given, you know, if, if Kane wasn't going to wear it, I'm just going to take England, for example, give Pickford it. Keepers don't get that many yellow cards when they pick for But, you know, keepers don't get yellow cards. Why didn't Gareth Southgate wear it? You know, it's. It's just like why you know there's other ways around this, um, and I really don't think they would have just started every game by giving Kane, De Bruyne, you know, Bale yellow cards. It just wouldn't have happened, um, you know. So um, yeah, it was really frustrating, and for for any any sort of gay person watching and that you know that maybe wants to come out and you know you could see how that would discourage you that everyone's just folded like a you know like a house of cards just over the absolute sort of minimal sporting sanction, like a fucking yellow card. Like, come on, boys. See, like it would have it would have made a great statement if they had actually gone and done it, despite them um, being told not to. So, yeah, I'd like to see one of them in the next game. Just just yeah. take it and just wear it, you know. Especially but, as well. Uh, I thought Alex Scott wearing it was nice on TV. I thought that was yeah. a nice touch from her. And, and I think um, she's only recently not just... Not the England team. I think she's only recently just... Uh, come out as well Alex Scott like so I mean for her to be there in Qatar and, and for some reason well I mean I think I know why um, she seems to get a lot of a lot more of heat than um, say uh, Guy Lineker or for what he says or or Alan Shearer it seems to always be Alex Scott that um, the massive fucking gammon meatheads um, on Twitter English gammon meatheads I'm talking about here pick on her because of singing and her being out there but and again like um I think any journalist that's gone out there, especially if like well, if you're going out for BBC or whatever, you've gone out there to do a job. We've heard a lot of them say, "I'm going out here to do a job and report on it." Look at Adam Crafton, different like like Muso Conga from Stadio and the Ringer. Uh, he's watched still watching the World Cup, uh, still wants to talk about it, but also obviously highlight all the issues. And as he said, like, why should they take my World Cup off me? Do you know what I mean? Which is obviously quite powerful come from someone like that. But um, yeah, it's. I, the the armband like I was disappointed too. I thought I'd kind of I didn't realize that all quit at the one point. I thought England had gone first, 
Um, and I hadn't realised that then they'd all gone for it. So I was disappointed when I saw Van Dyke, and I was disappointed Van Dyke saying that I wasn't going to get a yellow card for it. I mean, for the World Cup, I do understand that. Virgil, again, I'm not in Van Dyke's shoes, uh, or or any captain's shoes. So I don't know. I'd like to think I'd react the way I'd want to react, and then wear it and take a yellow card. But it was disappointing. Even like they're asking for Belgium to remove the word love. I think it is from from the color of their um their away jersey. Um, yeah, the inside color. The inside color. There was inside, uh, yeah. What do you what do you call the Danish player that came out today? Did you hear it in Five Live? Paddy Benetton's driving home. Um, he got interviewed today afterward after the game, and he's like, in Denmark we have a. I'm going to mess this up, but hopefully I'll have it for later for the socials. In Denmark, we have a saying where we like basically we stick up for each other and uh, and we look after each other. And he says, pardon me, I don't feel like that at the minute uh, here at the World Cup. And I, and I feel like we're, you know, we're going against, we're not including everyone. And he said, like, I'd like everyone to, I'd like us to all, well, this is one of his dreams would be that we all understand each other's beliefs and cultures and we respect it all. But, you know, we all like, look after each other and, and different things. That was very, very well. I'll try and get it, but really well put across. Um, one of those ones where you hear someone speak and you stop doing what you're doing. I was parked outside Finn's nursery and just stopped and sat in the car and I heard him fi- finish. And I was like, that's brilliant what he's just said across there. And Yeah, hopefully they do something in the next game. Um, I don't want it to be a token either, but something that you look at what Iran players did. Like some of those Iran players are, could be in big trouble when they go back to Iran now, you know, and, but they're standing up for what they believe in, and and the fact all the issues that's going on there, the way women are being treated, um, protesters are being treated, and the current regime in Iran, and, and they're standing against it. And you could see yesterday on their faces during the national anthem. Not that I was watching it at work, a friend of mine was telling me, but um, they weren't, um, you know, they they were yeah, they were completely like uh, together as a team, but also you could feel the weight of it on their shoulders. Do you know what I mean? You could feel it in their faces. It took a lot more bravery than just some taking a yellow card. Yeah, a lot, a lot more bravery, bravery like, from the Iranians. A lot more bravery, like yeah. A, yeah. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump board. off and I'm gonna jump off and let you actually talk about football now in a minute because I can't contribute to that. Uh, but I want to say, like, it's kind of it, it really does sum up this World Cup that the fairy tale story <laughs> of it potentially is that an oppressive, uh, hateful regime is the, <laughs> the fairy tale um, success of the World Cup so far. Um, so if anything, kind of, it Which was one? a neat summation. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, the the one that somehow, I, I think I saw an XG stat where like they had like 0.1 XG and still managed to beat Argentina 2-1. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. it could have been England though. It absolutely could have been England that I was talking about there. Um, but yeah, lads. Um, again, I suppose I just want to. I, I suppose I just want to add. Like, I'm, again, I I don't want anyone to feel because Phil, you kind of mentioned that start about explaining yourself and stuff. I don't think anyone should have to do that. It's football. Like, it's they've taken the sport away from us. It's not the other way around, as you kind of mentioned there as well. Like, so no one should feel bad about watching it. No one should feel like they have to explain themselves. And I really hope that like no one does because like. From the second that we were like could could walk, we probably all had footballs at our feet. We all kicked the ball against the wall, pretending we were passing it to. In my case, it was like you know someone like Roy Keane or or whoever. You know, we wanted to, we wanted to play for our countries in the world. It's the <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the fuck off. It's the ultimate, <laughs> it's the ultimate dream of of kids to kind of to get to that stage and for and like don't get, like when I was criticizing Kane and when I was criticizing the other captains earlier on. 
like they put themselves in this position because they were willing to take the kudos that came with wearing the airman in the first place. So then you have to take the criticism that comes with not with not doing it. And that's the only reason I'm criticizing them. But no one dreams of this. No one dreams of having to answer questions about human rights before the start of the game. No one dreams, like like I'm sure those Iranian footballers didn't grow up thinking, Jesus, I could go to a World Cup and then go to jail when I go home because of what I stood up for. Like, that's not what this is supposed to be about. And I was just talking to a friend of mine the other day. And if if our own, and I don't mean like the Irish FA or the FAI or, or, or anything like that, but if if enough countries got together, surely there could be a breakaway from FIFA because at this stage, FIFA is irredeemable. It's it's not fixable. It's not something that, like, Infantino came in as the man who was going to purge FIFA of corruption, who was going to change everything from 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 step bladder and he's he's just bladder in a nicer suit that's all that's all he is you saw him cozying up to the saudi arabian regime the other day that's where he's comfortable he's comfortable with these people uh who run theocratic uh, abysmally horrible to live in countries for for certain people it's obviously a very comfortable existence for others and i, I just think that like enjoy the football if you can um, because yeah, don't like I suppose don't let them don't let them take it away from you. This is ours. It's always been ours. It's it's been a sport we've all kind of grown up with. And yeah, just I hope I hope I never come across as someone who's preaching to people that they're wrong to to to, to make those decisions. So I just wanted that to be kind of clear before I finished up. No, you're no you're you're. I'll say you're you're not coming across like that. And I'll speak for um probably like all of our listeners, everyone in this podcast anyway. Um, and it's been very insightful and, and emotional actually listen listening to you tonight steve um but you know i think it just tells us everything that this is our first world cup as a full podcast and we're 42 minutes in and we haven't mentioned one of the games and and that and that tells you everything um yeah. i know i know we're going to speak about it now um for a bit but you know it just it should be you know a celebration for us all it's it's sad that you're not involved and jerry's not involved and you know up, uh, like applauds to you um but we should be able to all be on here all buzzing about the you know the first world cup that we can chat about together and you're right it's it's been taken away from us so um yeah it's horrible um we're going to move on to football now steven so Good luck. Enjoy your new oil state owners. Um, <laughs> that's, that's... <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I don't know what way I'll get sorted, but I'm sure there'll be plenty of podcasts and chatting about it. But um, Stephen, thank you for coming on. That was brilliant. And um, we'll chat to you very soon. Cheers, Steve. Good luck. All the best, Steve. Um, so the actual football then, man, because I know we'll be a bit tight for time here because Patrick's to go and play his own World Cup. Um <laughs> <laughs> five well, five side World Cup storm storming four G. I, I could have went down a very bad alleyway there and got us completely cancelled, but I managed to save myself and I'm proud for doing it. Um so far, Paddy, what's been your moment? Well I don't know about my moment because I didn't see the shock today. I, I, I didn't i I've seen the goal subsequently, but I didn't see it. I think I actually really enjoyed my Sunday. I was on a stag doing Edinburgh. Um, 
obviously really tame. National Museum of Scotland, whiskey, whiskey tasting, cinema, all those kind of things, you know. Scotland the Argentina. I was supposed to fly home on some... Oh, yeah, I went to Scotland the Argentina. Yeah, I was supposed to fly home on Sunday and woke up absolutely dying Sunday morning. Flight was cancelled. It's like, frig's <laughs> sake. Um, me, me, and, me and one of the boys had a really lovely day planned. We were going to fly home at 8.15. We had tapas restaurant booked. Possibly going to do a bit of whiskey tasting. I had a pub earmark to watch the football. It was absolutely glorious. But anyway, I had to get the first chopper out on EasyJet instead. And I arrived, me and Tato, you know Tato, uh, yeah. we got left off at the wrong airport, the wrong airport, international instead of city, and then had to make our way to our local bowling, lawn bowls club for Sunday dinner. And I've got to say, that was my moment, was just sitting with my mate Tato and sitting down knowing the World Cup was about to start. And the game was absolutely horrendous, like one of the worst. But even just that, sitting having turkey dinner, absolutely diamond hangover, knowing the World Cup was starting. That was my moment, I would say, so far. As much as I've enjoyed some of the football, there has been some turgid shit. Like, I think England have been the only really impressive side so far. I know they weren't up against much, but I've got to say they were really good. Uh, they dispatched them really well because in previous World Cups, you know, they've started really slowly or they've thrown in a draw against America or Algeria or whatever. Like, they absolutely tanked Iran and two goals flattered Iran, to be honest. Um, and other than that, some of the games have been pretty dull, I've got to say. But um, I have, I still have enjoyed it. I watched a lot of football yesterday and a lot of football today. So um, I am enjoying the World Cup being on for sure. Brenton, uh, what has been yours so far? Um, I must say I quite enjoyed the um, the USA Wales game. Bastard! Um, <laughs> apologies to obviously Steelers there, but um, I think up until that, as Paddy said, Qatar Ecuador was was so bad on so many levels. Um, um, England winning was was England winning. I. I you know, I was in work, um, like yourself, a friend of mine told me about it. Um, but <laughs> you know, it, um, it was expected, um, and, and it was England winning. So that's never going to be my moment. Um, all the parties, right. They, they, they did look good. Um, they, they definitely looked impressive. Um, and the USA Wales game, I think was, um, it started like a house on fire, um, USA in particular. Um, uh, I thought, you know, people maybe underestimated them a, a little bit. Um, but going forward, they, they were really exciting. Um, <clears throat> first of all, though, the Welsh National Anthem, I'll just mention that as well. That was that was mm, crazy. Good. It was absolutely gave me shivers down my spine. Um, but they eventually sort of woke up in the second half um, and it was just a, a, comp- a good competitive game to watch um, today I haven't seen a huge amount of football um, I know there's, there's been a couple of nil-nils so I don't think I missed out on much didn't see the upset as Steve said earlier it's, it's it's hard to be happy for, for Saudi Arabia but that's that's a huge shock like one of the biggest shocks in years um, and it'll be interesting now to see you know what way Argentina approach that group because it's not going to be easy um you know trying to trying to navigate their way through it you know one of the one of the big favorites obviously pre-tournament so um 
it's set up um, to uh, obviously, you know, France was was up for a potential upset there as well, and um, it looks like they're maybe going to come through it. I think having it on here, Mbappe is just destroying the um, the Australian right back consistently, and um, so I'll be surprised if France don't go on and win that. Yeah, um, well, my well, my moment was I, th- I thought I actually really enjoyed last night's one all. Uh, between Wales and the USA, I, I was like really, really impressed in the first half with how good America were. Really impressed with the midfield three, especially. I uh, haven't seen a lot of Musa uh, at Valencia, but he looks class. And then Timothy Way, uh, <laughs> just just basically his dad running through and slotting home. Um, and like a lot of the talk previous or before it might have been on. Uh, Pulisic and how important how key he was and Pulisic was good but he didn't feel like the key man which actually maybe you know suited him last night like he mm. didn't feel like all the pressure was on him to do something because he has so many players around him now that can do something I think they'll not beat England but they'll give him they'll cause him a bit of problems especially that midfield it'll be interesting to see because Americans are quite young obviously England are quite young so um, it's going to be quite interesting to see how that goes uh, Liverpool's Jude Bellingham obviously scoring a goal yesterday too and, and doing very well mm-hmm. uh, was great for him but because you've mentioned that's your moment I'm going to go with the second moment um, was tonight I was uh, in the car and cause I was late early on Tuesdays to collect Finn and the Mexico national anthem was absolutely unbelievable <laughs> when it was sung it was like I was actually going to wreck the car um, and try and join in, even though I hadn't a clue what was being, being sung, it was just class and the whole atmosphere. Um, mm. as Mbappe gets his goal there in the World Cup, yes, great goal, the, the, <laughs> yeah, the whole atmosphere, um, around that game, uh, uh, sorry, the whole atmosphere during that game in that stadium was just amazing tonight, and as well, like the Saudi Arabia Argentina game on the radio, the atmosphere at that stadium was just class too, um. So yeah, that's made a difference, especially when the Qataris left at half time when their team they realized the team was absolutely shite and that they wouldn't get fucking two past Handry Rovers and um, decided to bounce at half time, which must have been devastating for the Qatari players, but like it is what it is like and away they went. Um so yeah, really enjoyed that. And actually on bits of this that I've seen, despite going one 0 down, France have been very good at times. Um they're messing about here like Harlem Globetrotters that constantly do flicks and flicks especially <laughs> every pass from Mbappe's is a back heel and it all uh, comes off and, and for me and Paddy Big Ebu Kanate making his World Cup debut at the heart of France's defence is just glass like um, very made up for him so France look like Brenton always has a soft spot for France and they look like they're up and running on their way and um, mm. people thought they were maybe going to falter expecting them to falter but going on this um no, they're they're cruising at the minute, so it's a good point. Actually, uh, yeah. yeah, that I heard the um, the commentator make um, that you know having not having Benzema, um, not having Pogba, or you know could work out as an advantage because they're it it always seems to be an issue. There always seems to be an issue. Sorry, in the French dressing room, and somebody falls out with somebody else, and it's a <clears throat> it's a whole disaster. But I can't really see anyone, possibly apart from Mbappe and maybe Rabio to the Rabio's good scores tonight. Um, Rabio's <laughs> man, yeah. Um, you know, could cause big issues. Um, you know, so it's it's something to keep an eye on. I, I think Deschamps said something about 
um, they just want unity, um, which was, you know, when he was asked about what the goals were, um, which I think um, kind of speaks volumes because, you know, as we know in the past, there have been ructions in French dressing rooms. So, mm. um, yeah, it looks like it's it's working so far. They're, they're going to, I think, cruise this game after a little scare early on, but they've, they've, they've been worth it. Definitely, I, definitely. I, I have a wee a wee moment for you, Phil. That happened to me yesterday. I, I, I can tell you about during the USA Wales game. Um, remember I said my flight got cancelled on Sunday. Uh-huh. And something also really shit happened to me last night. I was on call and I got a, a call that I needed to see a patient urgently in a hospital. It was quite close, so it was about roughly about half time. As I was going on to leave this game, got out the car. Car wouldn't start. Absolute disaster. Rang a taxi. Um, taxi man came and I explained that I was needed to go to the hospital. And the absolute legend, this is this just shows you there's good people in the world. He jump started my car for me and I got to the hospital and listened to uh the rest of the match or a good bit of the match um on the journey in on the radio. Um so yeah, that that's a moment that I will probably not forget and will always associate with this uh this ah. World Cup. That's nice. I was hoping something horrible happened to you, but I'm happy enough that something nice happened to you. No, but end. I might break my fucking leg at football tonight or something. Or there's an article for Don't tease G-room. me, Panic. Um, I still haven't forgot you mentioned my teeth comment last week. Um, so, your car, by the way, that's a couple of times it's needed um, jump-started, possibly. Remember the new car, Patrick? Uh, the, yeah, the world, This World Cup, like... though, like... Obviously, we mentioned it. And Steve was so brilliant there about the backdrop, but I like I've actually I have enjoyed uh, some of the football. I know there has been some dull games. The Qatar game, <laughs> I mean, what? Um, but there's been some of the other ones that I've seen. Uh, I think the other probably dullest game was possibly uh, Holland Senegal. Not finished two 0 but neither side looked. Ebbs per amazing. Yeah. Um, don't think Delict did himself any favours by saying afterwards. I don't know why I was playing in that position. <laughs> Justin Timber is probably better suited for it, and Van Hal probably just go all right for nothing, no bother, um, and take him out. But um, they no neither side looked like they're going to pull up trees. Um, obviously it's the first game of the tournament, so you never know it can go on. But I think Senegal are going to massively miss Manny, unfortunately. But the rest of them that I've seen, um, I've quite enjoyed. Um, so yeah, like. I don't think it's as, like the, it's not going to be as dull as South Africa. Um, I don't know if it's going to be as good as Brazil was, but I think it's going to be an okay World Cup footballing way, certainly anyway. So, and plus the way the results are going at the minute, just on today's results, Argentina losing and France winning, we are set up for a France Argentina quarter final. Um, which could be <laughs> yeah, that could be uh, unbelievable. Um. As Giroud is now the French joint top goal scorer, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, so I was gonna say that two of the just... greatest players of all time, obviously, um, Messi and Giroud against <laughs> each other. Yeah, yeah, Giroud, like since he left Arsenal, he's really kicked on as a footballer, I think. Um, what does that tell you? Well, um, also, like, <laughs> um, didn't Giroud win in the last World Cup not score a single goal? Not a single goal, sir. Mm-hmm. There you go. Not one. Just he just help helps helps the players around him so much, isn't he? He's yeah, just I, I think I think the Benzema, I think the Benzema injury is a blessing for this French team because like 
they just do what they did in the last World Cup with Giroud, Griezmann, and Mbappe. Um, it worked. Why why change it when it worked? And Kante is going to be the main miss. But Tuchemeni looks like he's ready to fill in a hole in midfield, a more than fill in the hole in midfield. He looks like a super player. Um, Rabio's there too, actually playing quite well, weirdly enough. But yeah, I think definitely. I think people are very, very, very quick to write France off, but um, still a very good side. Like still, age-wise, quite good as well. So excellent. Um, yeah, it's interesting. So uh, tomorrow's games. Um, not that we'll we'll also be working. So anyone from our works that are listening will not be able to watch them naturally. <laughs> our mates can um, tell us, sure. <clears throat> yes. Morocco v Croatia um, at 10 o'clock now. Look, you know, usually and normally nobody would watch that, but it's a World Cup, so it's one of the biggest games ever. You have to watch it. Then at 1 o'clock is Journey v Japan. Again, it's only Journey v Japan, but it's a World Cup, so it has to be watched. These are just, I don't make the rules, they're just the rules. 4 o'clock is Spain v Costa Rica. I have a Costa Rica top, so I'm bringing that to work with me um, tomorrow. And then tomorrow evening, Belgium v Canada. Now, Canada... And I'm going to be one of these fools too. They seem to be the team that everyone is picking as a team to watch because um, the young side's coming through. They're also going to be helping host the next World Cup. When you read stuff on The Athletic or stuff in The Guardian or 442 Magazine or World Soccer, there's a lot of excitement about them. Uh, Hutchinson, Buchanan, uh, Alfonso Davies, Jonathan David, really, really, really exciting side coming through. So, And this Belgium side just feel like they've gone too many times to the well. Aldevar and Vertonghen at the back. Yikes. Um, Hazard. Did you see Hazard. Hazard's quotes? Yeah. Courtois is going to have to have... To the level. God, no, that was so Co- sad. <laughs> Courtois is going to have to have tournament of his life. So is De Bruyne. I think Canada could cause him a bit of bother tomorrow night. One to watch. Think so? Like I'd, I'd really do. I think I think this kind of team will have no fear. This is a World Cup too early for them, if you know what I mean, because it's all building for this. Same as the American squad, um, for the next World Cup because they're going to be hosting it, and this is a massive, massive bonus for them. And but they look really, really good, and I think there could be another potential shock on the. It won't be as seismic as Saudi Arabia beating Argentina, but there could be another shock on the cards tomorrow evening at seven o'clock. What do you think, Patrick? I'm looking forward to watching watching it. Like you mentioned, some of those sort of prominent Canadian players playing um, in some of the top leagues in Europe at the minute that are kind of young, exciting, fast. She met a really nice Canadian guy in Edinburgh Airport on Sunday. He was on his on his way to Doha for the games. Um, so he he fancied their chances. He had played with with Liam Miller actually. He said before. Um, I don't think Liam Miller's going to feature much, but remember he was at Liverpool. Um, mm. But yeah, he he says he says he, he thinks they might have a chance to go through the group. Um, I was kind of gutted that he he had this. I only went over because he had this like took this beautiful football shirt out of his bag and I I didn't recognise it. I went over and asked him what it was and he said it was his local club called Hamilton Forge. He had brought over a load of football shirts to like exchange with people in um in Qatar. So I was raging. I didn't in the off chance have a football top in my bag. I could have swapped it for it was, it was cracker. Um. But yeah, no, that's an interesting group. Like Morocco are exciting. They they could be decent, you know, as well. Um, so I, I really like the look of Group F: Morocco, Croatia, Belgium, Canada. I think that could be a really spicy, interesting group. And hopefully, hopefully, all four teams can sort of be 
in the mix come uh, come the third kind of match day. Yeah, I'm hoping uh, the non-European teams come out of that group. I think we've had enough of Belgium and Croatia, to be honest. Uh, no, not to cause create war here in Belgium and Croatia, but I'm just bored of you, so sees the other player to look out for for Canada as well is Stephen Escataquio. I think I pronounced that right. I'm positive I haven't. Plays for Porto. He's having a really good season for Porto at the minute. Uh, again in midfield. Uh, so yeah, I, I am quite excited about what Canada are going to do tomorrow night. Now we'll come and talk about this later on, uh, <laughs> later in the week, and it'll be Belgium nine, Canada nil. But you know, <laughs> I've got my hopes up so far on Tuesday night. So we'll see what happens. Is there any other teams? Like before we let you go, Paddy, I know you're going to go quickly. Is there a team you can go first that you're excited about that you haven't seen yet? You kind you kind of mentioned it last week, but I'm excited to see what 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 Uruguay can do. You know, Suarez will be at yeah. it. You know, nearly surely last World Cup, um, and with with Cavani still knocking around, Nunes being mental, and you know, <laughs> a few exciting midfield players. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what Uruguay can do. Um, so yeah, I'll be I'll be tuning in uh, on Thursday, or my friend maybe will at one o'clock to see them play <laughs> South Korea. Um, so yeah, Uruguay would be the one I'm I'm most looking forward to watching. Um, but here, I better I better shoot on the football and hope we don't yes. break a leg this week, boys. No um, problem, so, Pleasure. Cheers, boys. Good luck. Bye. Brenton, um, as we finish up, uh, is there a team you're most excited about seeing? I know France are already playing, and they're always your team in tournaments was there anyone else yeah it's 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 unreal I was just um when I was looking at the fixtures there earlier like what we've already been through um in terms of the games we've seen some of the players we've seen and still you know what we have to come like there's there's Modric tomorrow with Croatia and um you know World Cup finalists um then you know, still to see Germany, Spain, Belgium, Brazil, as you said, as Paddy mentioned, Uruguay, Portugal. You know, it's it's wild um, a World Cup, and um, for me, obviously, in our preview pod, tip Germany. So, <clears throat> be interesting to see how they get on. I don't think it'll be you know really plain sailing against Japan, but um, hopefully, they can make a bit of a statement, and um, then obviously. Um, you know, looking forward to seeing tournament favourites. How you know if Brazil are gonna um actually live up to the hype, or if if something chaotic is gonna happen, which you know, being Brazil, it it could easily do. Um, Ronaldo as well. You know, with everything surrounding him, um, how Portugal get on in that tough opener against Ghana? Um, I think that'll be a really good game on Thursday too. So, um. Yeah, loads and loads to look forward to. Yeah, I, I I've Ghana and Belgium in the world in the work sweepstake. Um, I'm not hundred percent sure on how either team. I don't think Belgium will do really well. I don't know about Ghana. Uh, I know the kudos and the uh, from my acts and a couple of different players and they've been quite good before in World Cups. Obviously, they also have Uruguay in the group, which is the last game in that group. Oh Christ! Um, we know, yeah, we know what happened in um in <laughs> South Africa twenty ten. I mean, as far as does that again, I'm getting that tattooed in my back. Um, <laughs> but like you know, just with today's news and Ronaldo, like you wouldn't put it past Portugal doing something after this World Cup, sure you wouldn't. No, nobody talks like... about them because they all think that Ronaldo and Bruno have had this fall night, and there's a whole big. 
hoopla going on. But when you break down and you look at their squad on paper, they're just as strong as any as any other nations in it. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe really Brazil and Argentina overall, certainly with attack. I know Argentina today, but on paper attacking players, you'd maybe go they're probably the two strongest. France tonight, but Portugal be there or thereabouts. Absolutely, like um, I would encourage anyone to if you if you don't know already to go and look at the Portugal squad for the World Cup because it is wild. Um, <laughs> how good it is um, and how many players you just be like, oh yeah, they're Portuguese. Oh yeah, they're Portuguese. It's um, it's crazy, but especially all that, you know, news surrounding him and everything, um, I think it could, you know, he could he could just go nuts for the last time. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's well within his remit to um, to just kick off and um, drive Portugal very far. Um, it could also happen that, um, you know, they they completely blow up. Um, so it'll be that first game, that um, Portugal Ghana game um, is, as you said, you know, what, what are you looking forward to? You know, that's probably the game, like I said, I think that'll be competitive, that um, we've still to look forward to. That'll be good. That'll be very good. Um, just because it's so interesting, um, there's there's just so much could could happen in that group in general. I think that is the group of death, really. Um, yeah. if there is one, but um, yeah, can't wait. Yeah, me too. Um, as I said, like at the start of it, um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the football. I mean, obviously, the nonsense yeah. going on. I, I hope. I uh, maybe I'm just too naive, but this is maybe the time where. We do take a stand, and um, with where we're hosting World Cups and Steve's right, maybe FIFA and different things, we need to stand up and change things. And maybe this is the World Cup that does it, and it is as one of the Qatari government officials uh, feels like it hasn't worked for them, and, and it is a reverse sport washing and different things. That would just be great. But in terms of the football on the pitch and talking about it and reading about it, and like some of the like the Athletic, to give them credit, I've been on their cup, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I read the Guardian as well because I love their writers. It's been great too. World Soccer Magazine four four two. It's been unreal the coverage on it. Even the, fo- the Five Live, ITV, yeah. BBC. We've been spoiled um, yeah. that way. Um, so football in terms, I-, I think it's been a good start the World Cup. Obviously, we've had shocks and different things, but long may continue. We'll try and come back again with a shorter pod towards the end of the week, maybe. Um, after the America England game, we'll see. We'll do something. Um, they finished up on Friday night, but yeah, if if you are watching it, uh, continue to watch it with us. Get involved. Let us know what you think. Who's impressed you? And uh, if you're not, and you're holding firm for a play to you, like I said, the Stephen Jonathan, uh, credit to you. I I just couldn't do it. <laughs> I know that now. But for a play, um, and get us all on. Get us on all your podcast apps. Just look for the Football Power Pod. Get us across your social medias, which are Instagram and. Twitter and uh, football babble pod and on Patreon at football babble uh, forward slash patreon.com. Um, again, anyone that wants to get involved in there, we really, really appreciate it, folks. I'm gonna head on now, Brenton. Brenton, uh, that was a pleasure as always. Great, enjoyed uh, it. We'll chat to you more. towards later in the week, hopefully, with more shocks tomorrow. Hopefully, our mate Brenton that watches it, so we, we go and work, tells us all the cracks, we know what's going yeah. on. Need a good chat we don't miss him. a minute of it. Yeah, he's been very, very good. Um, but uh, yeah. 
enjoy what if you are enjoying the World Cup. Um, and we'll continue speaking about what's been going on and, and the horrible issues and everyone everyone keep promoting it and and calling it out for being wrong. And um, speak to you later on in the week. Good luck.